afternoon. Welcome to the panel, RNZ National. Now, a breakdown is blocking the left northbound lane between Hillsborough Road and Dominion Road, Auckland, past the scene with care. That's State Highway 20 on the southwestern. And a yeah, big response to Liam's I've been thinking. He says, if you take your um, birthday off, you're a narcissist. Um, absolutely agree. A day off on your birthday is millennial narcissism says uh, a listener. To this, National wants to spend at least $30 million to reverse speed limit reductions on state highways and around neighbourhood streets if elected and where it is safe to do so. That will return many state highways to 100 kilometres per hour, local roads to 50 kilometres per hour, as well as doing away with many 80k per hour speed reductions on state highways and 30k's on local roads. National will look at increasing that limit on new highways to 110 kilometres per hour. Also, National says too many road cones. With us, Dr Vanessa Beanland, a director of Otago Transport Research Network, the Department of Psychology at Otago University, who's the science behind all this. Dr Beanland, welcome. Thank you for having me. Tell me, what difference in the crash does 10 kilometres per hour make? Is there any difference or is it negligible? Um, it depends on what the speed limit is to begin with, of course. Um, yeah. But there is evidence, of course, there's a very strong relationship between speed and both crash likelihood and crash severity. So if you reduce speed, you're less likely to crash. And for the crashes that still do occur, you're much less likely to get injured and killed and need to be hospitalised. Okay. If we build better roads, then we can go faster, right? I'm thinking of the uh, the Hamilton Expressway, which I think is 110 right now. Um, new highways like Transmission Gully, the Carpet Expressway, should they not also be, I don't know, 110 kilometre hour per hour roads? So it, it definitely depends on the features of the road and if you're wanting to have people travel at 100 or 110, you want the road to be separated so there's no potential for a head-on collision. Um, and that's quite key, the separation of a road by a median barrier. That's quite crucial. Yes. Uh, Zoe? Yeah, uh, I've been looking at the road toll statistics over the last few years. Um, last year it was 378 people and this year to the year to date is 252. And so I've been thinking about why they were lowered in the first place and, and whether we should raise them. And I understand both viewpoints. Um, I have family in the Wairarapa. They, that's been on the main road has been lowered to 80 kilometres an hour and obviously that takes time and money. Uh, but then on the flip side, you know, speed is a factor when it comes to uh, fatal accidents. And some of the research here in New Zealand shows uh, about 26% of fatal accidents involve speed or excessive speed. For me, you know, speed is a risk factor. And if we can lower that risk factor, then maybe we can lower the deaths on our roads. Um, and thinking about those people who have died and their families and their first responders, um, and whilst as someone who, you know, as a young journalist, one of my jobs was to go and cover fatal car accidents, and it's horrific. Um, and so I think that if we can do something about that, then I think that's a positive thing. You want to respond, Vanessa? Uh, yeah, I agree that changing the speed of 
both the speed limits and the travel speeds, it's the single most effective thing you can do to reduce the road toll. Um, there's a lot of complexities in terms of what determines crash rates and New Zealand's a small country. So, um, you know, a small change can look very large relative to our population. Um, but there's ample evidence both here and overseas that if you increase the speed limit, you increase the number of people that you kill. If you decrease the speed limit, you decrease the number of people that are killed and seriously injured. So it's fairly straightforward. There's just a lot of other complexities, including things like the price of petrol can also influence road crashes. Oh, can it? Tell me more. Uh, so when you make it cheaper to drive, more people drive, more people crash. Oh, right. Uh, Liam? Yeah, so unlike Wallace, I actually do know how to drive as a, a grown man, um, and so I feel more qualified to ask questions than he does. Um, and I, for one, um, I'm not going to miss um, uh, the lowered speed limits. But what what's really is true is that, you know, the the lowered limits, I mean, the the, 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 the when the limits are higher and you can drive faster, you always drive to the to the limit, to the speed, um, unless it's really unsafe to do so. But the time that you save, like, isn't that much, you know? So the, the time saving on an 80 versus 100 kilometers an hour trip isn't that much as far as the clock goes. But it just, you know, it just feels so much slower. Um, so, you know, what's the psychology behind that? Is it just that, you know, people are really bad at judging risk? People are really bad at judging risk versus reward? Why do we feel the need to drive as fast as we can go? Uh, that's a great question. And there's also research that's been done um, that's about how people perceive time when they're driving as well. And you're absolutely right that reducing the speed limit doesn't reduce or it doesn't increase travel time to the same degree. And that's because people aren't factoring in the time that they spend stopped at intersections, for instance, um, or, you know, if it's on a um, 100k road or an 80k road you might get stuck behind someone who's traveling slower so you're not necessarily traveling the speed limit but people will travel as fast as they feel they can um, whenever they have the opportunity to do so but it yeah it doesn't really save them much time um, but they passionately believe that it does so I think there's a role for um, better education about right. the impacts of speed, um, both the negative impacts of increasing speed where it makes you much more likely to crash and the fact that when the speed limit's reduced, the impact on your overall travel time is not that great. I'm wondering if there is a role of, uh, of education, actually, Vanessa, because I can recall very clearly, this is Nelson College, and um, this little thing came around, this contraption came around. We were, we were all allowed to get on it. So it was a small ramp. You got on a seat at the top of the ramp, you put a seatbelt on, and you had a 10 kilometre per hour crash. And hundreds of kids gathered around to watch us all crash, and including myself. And Vanessa, I couldn't believe the impact of a 10 k per hour crash. You know, the seatbelt right up against you. Yeah. More education. Yeah. You don't um, think that yeah, way when you're, when you're late, running late, though, do you? I mean, when you're running late, you're not thinking about the crash that's going to happen. No. You're thinking about how you're going to save 90 seconds. <laughs> you know, no, you take that enough. risk for another 90 seconds saved. Yeah, Vanessa? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. And people have a profound optimism bias that, of course, mm-hmm. they won't be the one who crashes because they're all excellent drivers, um, which statistically can't possibly be true. And even good drivers will lose control and crash sometimes in um, suboptimal conditions. So, um, yeah, it's it's about getting people to reframe their relationship with speed and maybe thinking that you don't need to save 90 seconds. Zoe? Yeah, so I grew up in a household where my dad was a traffic cop. Uh, oh. <laughs> so I had okay. zero, I had zero oh, no. street cred. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I had zero street cred, um, but I had lots of information on road safety, and 10 kilometres is quite a big difference in the whole scheme of things, as I found out when I ran over the letterbox. So um, there you go. <laughs> Some will say, Dr. Beanland, some are coming through, that, you know, 90 kilometres per hour, 80, Mm. gosh, that's slow in a modern car. It does feel very slow to many of our listeners. It depends on the quality of the roads, and it really, it depends on um, how much of a safety buffer there is within the road. So if it's a road where it's windy, Um, hilly and you can have a head-on crash with someone coming the opposite direction then it shouldn't be 100 kilometers even if there's no other road that is 100 kilometers going on that route unfortunately it's just the case you know we we need roads to be built differently if we want the speed limit to be that fast Um, and we also need to keep in mind that not everyone has a modern car so the average vehicle Mm -hmm. age in New Zealand is quite old Um, about half of our cars are secondhand when they are first purchased by a Kiwi so we're dealing with unfortunately quite old cars and um, roads that aren't as safe as some of the roads that you would drive on overseas, which is a really crucial difference Yeah. Yeah, it's a certainly a, a quite an a interesting uh, topic and uh, needless to say, Vanessa, many of our uh, listeners are really uh, interested in this. So uh, kia ora, appreciate your time today. That's uh, Dr. Vanessa Beanland, Director of Otago Transport Research Network, Department of Psychology at uh, Otago uh, University. Now, um, I want to um, just clarify, I want to sort of get it later on. Carinda in New Jersey says, you're right. Americans use mayo on sandwiches, not butter. Butter is an English thing. I can hardly believe that. Is, is that just one person from New Jersey or is this actually a thing that in the United States you don't use butter on toast or sandwiches. I cannot believe that. I've got to get someone up to talk about this. Text me 2101. 18 past four, Zoe George and Liam here today. Well, all of metropolitan Wellington has entered level one water restrictions from yesterday, joining Upper Hutt and South Wairarapa. And this means sprinklers and irrigation systems can only be used from 6 to 8 a.m. and 7 to 9 p.m. every second day. Wellington water use is at an all-time high. With us, Jeremy McKibben, Group Manager of Network Management Group at Wellington Water. Kia ora, Jeremy. Kia ora. So, why the restrictions? Uh, well, every year um, at Daylight Savings, we um, have water restrictions across the, the region. Um, and I know it does seem counterproductive, um, given the weekend we've just had with all the rain, <laughs> having uh, water restrictions. But um, actually, the rain 
doesn't really have an impact on the volume that we can actually treat. Um, you know, the, we, we've got a finite level that we can treat every day, um, and that's whether it's raining or not. So, um, so we put on uh, water restrictions um, so that we can limit the amount of water that people are using. Um, we really want people to understand that as we go into summer, there's a limit to how much volume we can actually supply. So, so the restrictions mean that, like you said, that um, level one restrictions mean that um, on odd days, if you've got an odd number of houses, you can sprinkle, um, use a sprinkler, um, and on even days, you can use a sprinkler if, you, if your house number is an even number. Oh, okay. Now, water use in Wellington at an all-time high. How come? Well, there's a number of reasons for that. Um, and at the moment, we've we've got a um, an ageing network. Um, at the moment, we estimate that 45% of the region's water has been lost through leaks. Um, we also have, you know, people are using more water than they ever have before, um, and also population growth. We've got more people, and with more people, it means that there's more water that we need to supply. Zoe. Yeah, as a Wellingtonian, yeah. uh, this impacts me. Um, Jeremy, I was going to ask, what are your top water-saving tips and what are the best containers for Wellingtonians uh, to save rainwater in? Uh, well, the, well, first one, the um, water-saving tips. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're cleaning your teeth, turn off the tap. Um, you know, when you, when you don't leave the tap running when you're cleaning your teeth. Um, things like having shorter showers. Um, certainly, you know, if if you um, if you've got a path to clean or, or whatever, use a broom. Don't use a hose. Um, you know, those sorts of things can save a lot of water. And also, if, if you're doing a load of washing, make sure you're using the you know a full load. Don't you know? Don't run the washing machine halfway full. Um, those sorts of things can make a big difference. Um, as far as water containers, um, I mean, I, I myself have got a, a couple of water containers. Um, at home collecting stormwater um, off the roof, which you know can be used if you know, things get really dry to um, to water the garden. But I've also got that for you know for, um, if there's an earthquake um, emergency supply. So yeah, and they they're available. Um, you know, might attend they, those sorts of places have them. Liam, how do you uh, how do you enforce it and monitor it? Like so. You know, are you relying on people like to spy on their neighbours and like and, and to dob them in, or like if someone's got a really nice green lush garden, do you put them under surveillance? Um, like, you know, is it the or is it just the honour system? Are you just relying on the fact that Wellingtonians will pull together and and do it properly? Are there any are there any consequences for seeking out at three in the morning and you know putting the hose in the lawn? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully people don't um, sneak out at three in the morning and put the hose on the lawn. I mean. There, there is, um, you know, council by council, different different ways that those restrictions, I guess, you know, we, we get compliance. Um, we, we act on their behalf, and um, there are a number of bylaws that are in place to, to monitor that, you know, sorry, to enforce the compliance. But, I mean, really, we, we really like to educate people um, before we sort of get, get to more yes, serious sort of steps. Um, I mean, this is, you know, a community thing that, you know, Excess water use could leave people short of water, and we don't want that to happen. So I'm just looking at some of the stats here, and this is general, but across the Wellington region, use between what 210 and 224 litres per person per day. 
Aucklanders use between 140 and 175 litres a day. One thing that we do in Auckland is that we, you know, we get a bill and we can see how much, you know, because we have water meters, we can see how much water uh, we use. That's not a system that happens in Wellington, am I right? That's right. We don't have water meters yeah. in uh, metropolitan Wellington. Would that help um, uh, um, change behaviour, do you think? Because when I see the water, I can say you know, to, to my partner, to wife Tabitha, oh, look how much water we've used this month. Gosh, why? And we have a chat about it. But in Wellington, you can't do that. No, that's right. And um, there's, there's no doubt about it. In- international best practice um, recommends you know, the use of water meters so that people can understand the amount of water that they yeah. use um, and, and adjust their behaviour accordingly. And, um, yeah, that's certainly something that, you know, as a manager of a water supplier, I personally would like to see. I just find that quite strange, Zoe. Apparently it's a very political... Uh, a political. We might return to this, actually, mm. this week. It's very political, Wellington, whether or not you guys should have a water meter. Uh, as an Aucklander, it feels like, well, what else do you have? Yeah, well, they've got them up on the Kapiti Coast as well. Yes, they well. do. Um, yeah. But that was, I, very, that was quite a big decision. It was. It was a huge decision. It was it was debated quite heavily. Um, I mean, for me, I'm quite conscious anyway of my water consumption. No. And my garden, I've designed it so it doesn't need a lot of water. So um, I, I do have lawn, though, which actually I would like to plant out into wildflowers. But, you know, <laughs> going to oh. keep the street appeal somehow, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not anti Water meters, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It <laughs> sounds, very, it sounds like very, you are, Zoe. I don't know. I just don't want to. I really, I really like. I really like Wallace's um, user pays um, term. You know, the, the, you know, like if this is if this is the gateway drug to get you, to get you voting for Act, it's 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 it's, it's about it. personal responsibility. Have you heard yeah. of that term before, Liam? You know, that's what we're talking about here, Jeremy. Is mm. there? I mean, does Wellington Water have a view on official view on water meters, Jeremy, or not? Well, yeah. Well, we, yes, yeah. we we do um, think that water meters um, are a critical um, component into um, solving the the water problems that we have as a region. Um, you know, there's no doubt about it that the you know what we've seen from when Carpety, um introduced their water meters, the um, reduction in, in water use was was virtually overnight, um, and and the savings that they made there. I mean, they've, they've still stayed um, now, so they they've you know they were able to avoid significantly more investment in the longer term right. by installing those water meters. I mean, people, um, you know, if they have a leak at home, might not be aware of it. And if you've got a, a, a water meter, then you'll become aware of it. And there's things that we can do to, um, mm. to you know, for people if they have a, a water leak and they pick it up with their water meter, that you know, as long as they get it fixed, they won't well, be charged with that water in it. We'll, we'll return to this topic later, Jeremy. Kia ora. Very interesting, isn't it? Jeremy McGibbon there from Wellington Water. 26 past four. Well, you learn something every day. Can't believe this. I just can't believe it. Why don't Americans put butter on their sandwiches? This was an article in The Guardian. I once had toast and peanut butter without butter. Couldn't eat it. Was in the bin. Is this true? Can a sandwich be eaten without butter? It sounds too weird to be true. I had to check this out with us from originally from Colorado is Sam. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hi, Wallace. Is this true or is this just utter rubbish? Do you, do you folk have butter on your sandwiches? I have never seen butter on a sandwich in America. <laughs> <laughs> it's such 
a WTF moment. Last time I ever saw moment. was when so... I went to New Zealand. <laughs> is it is it anti New Zealand to not have butter on your toast or <laughs> on your sandwich? Since we're a dairy well, nation, well, it's against our dairy export industry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just not done. What 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 do you do? What do you do? Mayonnaise. But that's different. It's not, it's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. It's a salad dressing. Well, say, stay there, Sam. Do you find this strange, Liam? Yeah. It's, oh well. Look, Americans are weird, right? They also don't hang use on, electric hang kettle. On, hang on. You know, like, be kind. The Sam's just... on. Yep. All right, uh, Zoe. Well, from my perspective, it's yeah. warped. Yeah. Uh, see, I I do have butter sometimes, and sometimes I have mayo, depending on what's on my sandwich. If that makes sense. So yep. ham and cheese, you got to have mayo, peanut butter, you got to have butter. So right. Sam, when you came to New Zealand, do you live here now, yeah? Yeah, I'm still here. So when you, when you came to New Zealand uh, and you're not making a nice sandwich to take to work, whatever you pack of Sammy, um, do you now put butter or do you stick with mayo? I still stick with mayo. Have you picked, you up, any, have you picked up any Kiwiisms while you've been in New Zealand? Uh, quite a few, yes. Such as, oh, well, oh. Um, in America we don't do uh, sausages on a piece of bread. You don't? No, we we do a, a hot dog on a mm, bun. They... You put either mustard or tomato sauce on it, or ketchup. Uh, well, I I'm just my mind's blowing, Sam. Um, really nice to have you on. Thank you for clarifying that. I thought it was an urban myth, but uh, Sam in Colorado, Sam in Colorado says. Uh, they don't have butter in the sandwiches. Robert says, I lived in New York for 22 years and never had a, had butter on a sandwich. And man, I missed it. I couldn't do that. Zoe, I couldn't. I couldn't. I quite like butter. I do. Yeah. But um, I want to know what the optimal amount of butter or mayo is on your sandwich. Because you've got to get it just right. Yeah. Because you don't want it to go all soggy and yucky. And then you don't want your butter too hard. Because then when you put it on your bread and then the bread crumbles and it's quite an art form. Mm. So any advice out there from people, our listeners, well, what but, the optimal butter, amount of butter, butter is? Butter is important. Oh, it's, it's important to, to properly lubricate and moisturise exactly the bread, it. right? You can't right? Just, it's, yeah. it's about the lubrication, isn't it, Liam? Uh, it's not about the taste. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a function. Speaking, a function. Of, speaking of Liam, people are saying, who's that nasty little man that you have on the panel? And I say, be careful. He's a great guy. He's, his name's Liam. Uh, and this is back to uh, what Liam said earlier. You might have missed it. Uh, he said that uh, if you take your birthday off when you're at work, you're a narcissist. Um, John says, Liam, get a life. Um, seriously, you can't take your birthday off. Judge me all you want, but I'm happily feeling the love with friends and whanau and no work worries. What happened yeah. to that guy? Give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give you your birthday off next birthday, Liam. You can't take gonna... it off. You just, you just shouldn't. <laughs> I'm giving you a – I never give hugs, Liam. I'm making, a, I'm, making an, I'm making an exception. I'm giving you a virtual hug because I think you need it. Um, Look – I want to audit these. I want to audit these replies because I think some of them are there. There are some you're not reading out that are saying that Liam is right. Um, well, someone says, uh, <laughs> "Fair enough." I agree with Liam. Birthdays are arbitrary and actually quite yeah. pointless, apart from legal reasons. <laughs> um, we take the people off. We take the day off to avoid people like Liam here.